You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's 1140 The Bet, 985 The Fan HD2, the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you're getting us. It's time to get inside this Raiders Chiefs Monday night football game. And joining us now, NFL national writer for Bleacher Report, covers the Raiders for Sports Not. Of course, he's a part of the Odyssey family with the Odyssey original podcast, Silver and Black Today. And since it is your second time joining us, good sir, I think we can officially call you a friend of the show, Mo Moen. Yes. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Uh, friend of the show now. Hopefully it stays that way if you hear my food takes because uh, the Twitterverse doesn't really like what I have to say when it comes to my taste buds. So, uh, okay, so hopefully that right. sticks. <laughs> so hold on, we're going to get to that in one second. And you know me, I'm down for food conversation always. But first and foremost, uh, I just said it, Silver and Black today, the Odyssey original podcast. You are the co-host. Your co-host is Scott Branson. So as we start this off, there's a little bit of tension in my last interview with Scott. And I want to get your perspective. Do you also strangely hate the WNBA as well? I don't. I actually, I we had, me and Scott... Scott and I go back and forth on this. I actually have family members who are very much into the WNBA. They're not in the WNBA, but they're very much fans. Go to the games, go to the Liberty games. Scott dunks on the WNBA, the beginning of some shows. And I just kind of sit there like, I'm not as down on the WNBA as he is. Um, I understand his perspective, although I would disagree with him. And I would say the WNBA is, is a funny to watch if, if that's your thing. Apparently it's not his. Which is basketball, just for right. the record. Which, right. And also, Scott's not here. So I'm not trying to beat him up because he can't defend himself. <laughs> We're not doing that. I just wanted to get your perspective. Because it was yeah. it was a little strange last week when he was just like, out or a Mark Davis was distracted. I was like, no, he's actually the owner. It's not a distraction. Like, this is a professional team he also owns. But so you don't hate the WNBA. We can get you on the record. No, I don't. I'm not going to say I watch all the games, but I, I'm not in the camp of, Oh, the WNBA is a waste of time. 
All right, Mo. A, a man, why. a man with 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 taste and perspective. By the way, the Liberty kind of fire. They should be good next year. But from the WNBA, let's get down to why we really have you here, which is food. So, out of curiosity, <laughs> um, where does Chick Fil A breakfast rank in your breakfast power rankings? Wow, breakfast power rankings. It would be very high because I'm a big fan of Chick Fil A. Not a not a big In and Out guy. I will admit I haven't had a lot of In and Out, but when I kind of overrated, said so when overrated. I said, when I said In and Out was kind of mid when I did have it, Twitter kind of had a fit with me. Uh, like I said, I am a Chick Fil A guy. Uh, Chick Fil A was became popular in New York City out here maybe a few years ago, so it's still relatively new out here. But once it got here and I and I had, it, but I actually had it when I was in South Carolina for the first time with my family. So once it got here, I knew I was going to. Oh, it's it different in the South too. Yeah, like it's definitely South, different. Yes, the honey just tastes yes. better. Also, yes. since we you did bring up In and Out, here's the deal: uh, In and Out, the burger itself is fantastic for the price, for the value, you can't beat it. Fries though, throw them in the recycle bin of life, which would actually be a garbage <laughs> can or an actual recycle bin. The fries are disgusting for the price; you can't beat it. Because in perspective, like to me, I really enjoy Five Guys burgers. But at the same time, you're going to five guys and you're paying like 20 bucks for a meal just for yourself. They're kind of pricey. Yeah. So you yeah. the value in and in and out. But all this like we're waiting outside the street and causing accidents and causing traffic because everyone's waiting in line. Like Not you guys really got to get yeah, you, you got to get it together. And so you are in New York, which leads me to my next question. Uh, what are your thoughts on basically baseball trying to whitewash Barry Bonds with all this Aaron <laughs> Judge crap? Oh, man, that that's a loaded question right there. Look. Now, we all know most people would think Barry Bonds enhanced himself during the time he was hitting all those home runs, and people would say Aaron Judge is clean. We all now who knows? I'll say who knows. I I can't prove or disprove anything. But does it matter? What what, what does what matter exactly? Does it matter whatever Barry Bonds was doing? Like, do we do we really care? Are we gonna go to the grave like juicy? Juice. I won't. I I won't. But I will say the older crowd. I, just from my experience, because I have a lot of obviously Mets and Yankees fans that I know, and even the Met fans are saying, you know, they're touting Aaron Judge over Barry Bonds. They're trying to forget Barry Bonds and say, oh, Aaron Judge is the clean one. Barry Bonds is filthy, dirty. Let's forget that and hold up Aaron Judge. I would say, look, it, I can't, again, I can't approve or disprove what happened, what these guys are doing. So I will say, congratulations to Aaron Judge. Barry Bonds did what he did. But right now, I'll celebrate Aaron Judge since he did hit 62 last night. I did also kind of put you in an awkward position because I know as soon as I said Barry Bonds, you looked around because you're in New York <laughs> and neighbors are like, what'd you say? What'd yeah. you say? Yo, you, you know, better be careful. Yeah, I, I can't be too loud. I can't be too loud. I, I got Yankee. I got neighbors fans who are Yankee fans. So I can't be too loud with, with my praise for Barry Bonds if I had any. Um, uh, let, Let's move on to Tom Brady and his personal life. Look, I don't want to go too deep into it, but do you think it's actually going to have or more of an effect, I should say, uh, in this Buccaneer season and how they're going to how everything's going to play out for the team? It's funny you ask that because I had a I had a betting column that came out today and, you know, we're picking against the spread and the Buccaneers are favored by nine points. And I'm not going to write this in the column, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, OK, Tom Brady, shoulder injury, finger injury going through some marital issues, divorce lawyers involved, you know, could the Buccaneers offense suffer because of his off the field issues? The offensive answer, line isn't as good. I mean, the team right. also isn't what but it to, was. But to, but to answer your question, I know a lot of people may not believe this because Tom Brady is playing until he's 45, but he is human. 
and he does have emotions and feelings. And I would assume that this is weighing on him, his family, you know, so to speak. Now I want to say breaking apart, but there's some issues, there's some fissures there. You got to believe that as even though football players like to say, once I'm on the field, I'm able to zero in and kind of compartmentalize what I'm doing and take off, you know, all the off-field stuff and focus. But again, he is human. Uh, kids are involved. Wife is involved. A lot going on. So I would say, to answer your question, in short answer, I would say, yes, this is probably going to affect the season. Not to the point where the Bucks are not winning that division, because to me, the division isn't very good. I know people are trying to talk up the Falcons. I'm not buying the Falcons. No offense to Marcus Mariota, but he's injury prone, and eventually you're going to see Desmond Ritter play. So the Falcons are going to kind of drop off. The Saints have had a slow start. Jameis Winston has multiple fractures in his back. They got Andy Dalton starting. I mean, that division is bad. So even with his issues, the Buccaneers should, should still cruise to a division title in the NFC South. And, and let's stop messing around. Let's get into our three-point stance of getting the football, um, like on, on the field things. So last yesterday when the news broke that Blake, Bro- Blake Bortles was retiring, um, how were you affected when you heard the news? And what were your first thoughts? I was sad because I thought about that. Too, well, it was the 2017 AFC Championship game where he almost – Almost beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. And you they think beat the Steelers, you beat Tom right. <laughs> you, you, you think about how far the Jaguars and Blake Bortles fell after losing that AFC championship game. You just think what could have been if he had gotten to the Super Bowl and actually won one. Now, I will say Blake Bortles is probably one of the best mid-tier quarterbacks I've watched in my lifetime. Mid-tier. No, yeah, no, no, no offense to Gardner Minshew, who I still like. I still think Minshew should be a starting to sleep, but uh Blake Bortles, salute to you. Uh, pretty mid-tier, decent career. I uh, wish you had gone to a Super Bowl at least. Didn't happen. But again, salute to Blake Bortles and his retirement. Man, Brian Hoyer is listening to this. Pissed, <laughs> pissed off. Um, and I know, uh, like we said here at the beginning of the interview, uh, you can find your work on Sports Night where you cover the Raiders. And the Raiders' latest edition, Blake Martinez, linebacker, obviously Denzel Perryman dealing with concussion issues, a lot of concussion issues for the Raiders throughout this season so far. Um, But just for those who haven't read the column and those that are watching and listening now, um, what impact do you think and and what does Blake bring to the team and to the defense for the Raiders? He's exactly what you're going to, he's exactly the, I want to say carbon copy of Denzel Perriman, but just like if you think of Denzel Perriman as a leader on the football field and a tackling machine, that's what Blake Bortles brings. I believe he had four consecutive seasons, 144 tackles. Everyone could see that. He's a two-down linebacker. Not much in coverage. He's not going to cover Travis Kelsey. Don't, please don't expect that on Monday Night Football. But what he can do is get that defensive line because when you're out there with a Chiefs offense, you're playing chess with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and you need a middle linebacker who knows what's going on and can diagnose plays pretty quickly, and that's what you have in Blake Bortles because – no offense to the Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez. Blake, sorry, he's on Blake the line. He's, he's on the line. line. Exactly. <laughs> Blake Martinez. Burles is not going to be playing middle linebacker. People scratch that. But yes, Martinez being out there in the middle of that defense is going to help them get a line and play that chess game with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because those two that pair together, they've been gashing defenses for years, and you need your defense to be on point when you get on the field in the bright lights of Monday Night Football. So Blake Martinez, if he has to play can fill that role in the middle and get those guys aligned and get those guys in the right spots to make plays. And obviously Raiders just finally got their first win of the season. Not anything anyone expected in the first month of the new regime. And I think I called the Broncos, the the Raiders went over the Broncos. To me, it was the Josh Jacobs game. 
Uh, I think he had 33 carries, 175 yards, two touchdowns, um, which has led to a lot of conversation this week because even even in the Tennessee game, it was odd. I think he only had 13 rushes, but he had around 80 yards. And he was really he's really been working his ass off throughout this season, which going into it, I know that we talked about it, that that running back room was crowded. Brandon Bolden, the new pickup, uh, Zamir White that they drafted. So with his performance, do you think there's any regret with the Raiders not picking up that fifth year option? And also, what do you if this goes on the path that it is where he's having a very successful season? Um, do you think this changes anything in terms of the Raiders maybe trying to sign him and now having to compete with the rest of the league going like, yo, this is a premier running back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't think this is, there's any regret. Josh McDaniels has a history, a track record of mixing running backs in and out. So I, I just think he just didn't want to pay what the fifth year option would have been for Josh Jacobs. I don't know, eight to ten million somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. But I, but he he switches out running backs. So I I don't think they regret that because of the money. Now, as far as the player is concerned, if he continues to play at this level, of course, I think they're going to approach him about trying to come back. But I think it all depends on what Josh Jacobs wants. Does he want to go get the bag and get the most he can get at his age and say, okay, this second contract is probably my last time getting a big contract. I'll go to wherever pays me the most money. Now, if he if it's not about the money for him and he just says, look, the Raiders went, I don't know, 10 and 7, 11 and 6. I know that seems hard to believe right now, but it's still possible. They go 10 and 7, 11 and 6 and go to the playoffs. And he goes, look, I want to stay with a playoff team and continue to build what we have. I think it's all up to him, but I think he would have to take less money because I'm sure other teams would be willing to pay him a lot more. Uh, I will say this, that before the season started, I said, regardless of what happens, I think Josh Jacobs won't will go somewhere else. He won't be a Raider because let's say he runs for 1,200 yards this year. He's going to command a lot of money, and the Raiders probably not going to want to pay that considering all the guys they played, they paid this all season. If he underperforms and the Raiders go, well, we can replace him. We, we drafted Zamir White. We can get, we can draft another running back in the third or fourth round. We can sign a, a cheap free agent running back who's going to cost us a lot less than Jacobs and still get 80% of the production. So I think either way, I just don't see Josh Jacobs back in Las Vegas unless he's willing to take a significant pay cut to stay. And before we get into this Monday night football game against the Chiefs and, and what your keys are, kind of want to backtrack a little bit because uh, I just said it. First month of the season is complete. I don't think anyone thought that one in three would be a possibility. Uh, granted, even talking with Scott, you look at these games, uh, a player two away from being three and oh, everything could have been a flip. These were all close games. I think mm -hmm. the biggest uh, the biggest point differential was the six point win that the Cardinals had in overtime with the comeback. Mm -hmm. But to you in this first month of the regime and with McDaniels as the new head coach, uh, where do you where do you see it big picture wise for the Raiders? Big picture wise, I think it's still uh, it's still coming together. I know Raiders fans don't like to hear that. They don't want to hear the P word, which is patience. I know people were thinking other P word, but patience. They don't want to hear patience because they've been patient for how many decades now waiting for a team to break out and win a playoff game. So I think it's still coming together. And I know Josh McDaniels, this isn't his first rodeo. Had a 10-year in Denver that basically went in the dumpster fire. But 
I think the gap between his time in Denver being a head coach and now being the Las Vegas Raiders head coach, he's learning the process again. How to balance his offense is the first thing. You mentioned it, uh, getting the run game involved. I know he says, look, we fell behind, so we couldn't commit to the run. But my thing is, as I said with Scott and Silver and Black today, you don't start off with a two-touchdown deficit. You don't start off down 10 to 14 points. You can run the ball early and establish that early. If it falls apart and you fall behind, then you go to the pass game, gets close, get back to the run game. But I think he's still working with the balance. But big picture-wise, I still believe this team is on the right track. I know that's hard to believe now with the 0-3 start, going, then winning that last game, 1-3. Now you could possibly drop to 1-4 against the Chiefs. Who knows? Upset win will probably bring some optimism back. But even if you go 1-4 into the bye, I still think the future is bright because you still have core pieces there. Max Crosby, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. Those guys, Darren Waller, still in the mix and getting extensions too on top of that. So you still have your core players regardless of what happens this year. You can always build on whatever their record finishes in after 2022. And you bring it up after the bye, they play the Texans. I think the schedule gets a little bit easier yeah. than what it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, but worst case scenario in terms of McDaniels, are, is there any thought in your mind that after a year he could be gone? I don't want to be negative, but if he goes six and 11 or whatever, like t- to me, although I understand because you don't go out and get Chandler Jones, you don't get Devonte Adams and all these things and expect to just chill and be five and 11. I know that's not what anyone wants, but it's still his first year and it's still a new system. How much leeway is there any, is there any chance that he could be gone after a year? I'm going to be bold and I say 0% chance. I mean, if you've been a Raider fan so. for the past, if you've been a Raider fan for the past, you know, 10, 15 years, how well has it worked when the Raiders have just revolved the door of head coaches and players? That hasn't worked. So you have to, st- I think you have to stick it out to Mark Davis. You hired Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the GM, as a package deal from the Patriots. I don't think you just say, okay, after one year, we have to go in another direction. Unless there's one caveat, you know, I'll say 1% chance. Unless. Sean Payton comes knocking on that door. If Sean Payton comes knocking on that door and says, look, I specifically want to coach the Raiders. Unless that happens, you stick with Josh McDaniels. Because I can say for sure that Sean Payton today is a better head coach than Josh McDaniels. We've seen what Sean Payton has done with the New Orleans Saints in his time there. And we see what the New Orleans Saints offense is now that he's gone. So unless Sean Payton comes knocking on Mark Davis's door, you stick it out with Josh McDaniels regardless of what the record is at the end of this season. Mo Moten joining us. Be sure to follow him at Mo Moten, Silver and Black Today, and Odyssey Original Podcast. Find his work at Bleacher Report, Sports Not, before we get you out of here. Uh, Monday Night Football. Raiders going into Kansas City. I think last year, that was the game where the Raiders <laughs> stepped on the logo and then got their ass beat 41 to whatever, right? Shout out to Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, I think, that charge. Yep. yeah, I think that was the game. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a rivalry game. Uh, the Chiefs, look, the NFL's random. They just lost to the Colts two weeks ago, who couldn't beat the Texans and the Jags. No disrespect to the Jags, because you're all out here. But they woke up, it seems like. And, and Mahomes had his, his iconic play with the flip, and the, the, it was just tremendous. So yep. is there any hope? What are your keys for the Raiders to pull off an upset? I say there's always hope because two years ago, the Raiders beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Now, I know there weren't as many fans. It wasn't a sold-out stadium at Arrowhead. But they did win the game with, I believe, a rookie Henry Ruggs blowing the top off that defense. And now Henry Ruggs is not there with an unfortunate incident. But now to have Devontae Adams, 
Hunter Renfro went back to practice, could be available. Darren Waller has to get his act together, but he's still a weapon you have to account for. Mac Hollins has been a revelation. So you have the offensive firepower to compete with the Chiefs. When you have that offensive firepower, there's always a chance. Here's the problem. As you just said, the Chiefs look pretty good after they got beat by the Colts. Uh, I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers have one of the top three defenses in the league, and they ran through the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Sunday Night Football. And the Raiders' defense, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is, but to me, they, they have a bad half, good half. They'll shut out a team in the first or second half, but in the other half, they'll allow 14, 17 points. I wrote a piece before the, I believe before the last game they played, I believe they, they allowed two touchdowns in a half. It, it, I, let me rephrase that. It was against the Chargers, one touchdown in, a, in the, I believe the second half. Cardinals, they shut them out in the first half. The Titans, I believe they allowed one touchdown in the second half. So again, bad half, good half. Not 60-minute football. Right. So they... They played one complete game against the Denver Broncos. If they if they play a complete game as they did against the Denver Broncos, maybe a little better in the red zone because I believe they were two for five. They got to start trading in more mm. field goals for touchdowns because if they go two for five in the red zone against the Chiefs, they're not going to win that game. They have to be about 75, 80% in the red zone. If they can do that, they have a chance to win this game. What I will say is what I don't want to see from the Raiders is them getting blown out because you bring in Chandler Jones. I know he's underwhelmed a lot of people you bring in Devonta adams you extend max crosby you extend darren well you extend hunts rifle you do all of these things if you're not on the same tier with the chiefs there's a problem and no before blowouts. we get... no blowouts on monday please okay so we'll leave you with this um number one i need a prediction for monday night and number two be sure to plug everything because you're all over the place mo so where can we find you and what's the latest with the podcast and your writing and everything <clears throat> Raider fans are not going to want to like, like to hear this, but I had the same prediction on Silver Black today with Scott Branson. I had the Chiefs winning 35-27. If you look at my betting column, column over there on Bleacher Report, as Adrian is crying, weeping in his Raider apparel. Uh, had, again, I had the Chiefs covering the spread. Chiefs are favored by seven, but I just feel like the Raiders' defense is not there yet. I did, really quick, I did drop a stat. Travis Kelsey against the Patrick Graham defense last year when Patrick Graham was defensive coordinator for the Giants. Travis Kelsey only had four catches for 27 yards. So that's important to note. Uh, if they can slow him down, again, they have a chance, and I could be wrong. But I do have the Chiefs winning 35-27. Where can you find me? As I said, Bleacher Report, all things NFL. I'm a pretty fair guy when it comes to the Raiders. If you're not all about fluffy pillows and unicorns and rainbows and you want to hear the truth, Tune in for that over there on Bleacher Bars. Report, my Raiders coverage. Uh, sports not specifically Raider coverage. I drop two columns a week there, sometimes more depending on the flow of the week, depending on what's going on with the Raiders, their injuries, their transactions. Could be more than two columns. Silver and Black Today with Scott Branson. Three, I'm on three shows a week there. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we do a pretty fun mailbag day. Uh, we open the show talking about food and all sorts of things. We do that during our mailbag day, so tune in for that we have a lot of fun there and that is growing so again tune in hard working man yeah I'm hard working man we appreciate you making time for us uh look the the part of the silver and black today podcast that truly enjoys the WNBA and isn't it isn't <laughs> mo we thank you so much for the time uh we'll check in after the bye week as always thank you so much appreciate you agent thanks for having me of course